Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. He's Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Beltway Blitz, minutes away. Kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Murad, the official show sponsor on GND. They'll all protect your assets, update your will and trust, schedule a free estate planning strategy, with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys and visit kmlawyers.com. Make sure to mention the show to get a discount, kmlawyers.com. We've got breaking news into 106.7 The Fan, and it's big commander's news again. About an hour and a half ago, we found out that Charles Leno was informed he was being released. Well, the other of the expected and potential cap casualties for Washington also being cut today, Logan Thomas, tight end, has been told he is being released by the Commanders. Breaking news on 106.7 The Fan brought to you by Beat the Streak for tips to win a $5.6 million prize. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. So, Danny, Leno, we broke down when it happened. Let's do that before the Blitz here with Logan Thomas. Yep. Really good player here in Washington, particularly the peak Back in 2020, his first year, he was fantastic. And this was one of the hits of the Rivera era. He and Lena both, interestingly enough, both gone here as this regime takes over. Yeah. But they brought him in. He'd never caught more than 16 balls in a season. They viewed him as a value grab. They paid him almost nothing. His first year, big role as a tight end in the league, came in Washington. 72 catches on 110 targets. 670 yards, six touchdowns. He was outstanding. Then... Part of the way through uh, the following season, he got hurt, ended up tearing his ACL in Vegas, and really he has not been the same player since. 18 and 39 catches 
and 21 and 22. He was much better last year, but the production was inconsistent. He ended up with 15 at five grabs for about 500 yards and four touchdowns. Took a couple violent hits to the head and missed some time as well. But you're talking about a guy who turns 33 years old before the start of the season like Charles Leno. Missed 15 games with injury over the last three years. It hasn't been the same since 2020. And this one, really, they don't get penalized much. It's a $1.7 million dead cap penalty, and they create $6.5 million in cap space. Not that they need it, because they already have an unbelievable amount of money that GM Adam Peters told us they won't use all of. But they create a lot of space here. You now don't have a left tackle. You now need a starting number one weapon at tight end. So we knew that these were already needs. They've become more substantial needs, I suppose. But not stunning necessarily that they're attacking these two roster spots with two of the highest paid players on the team. So, again, echo what I said about Charles Leno for Logan Thomas. Great dude. Easy to see why you'd want to have a guy like that around on your club, in your locker room, et cetera. But the productivity's not there. The separation's not there. The explosion's not there. He had a couple games, GP, where he looked like his couple of years ago self, where he looked spry and, and explosive and, and quick. But for the most part, it just looked like he didn't have it anymore. And that's, again, that sucks. That's not his fault. All he did was play hard and end up getting hurt. But, yeah, this one was more of a no-brainer to me. I wasn't sure what they would do with Leno, honestly, because of that dead cap hit. Um, uh, and maybe not knowing when to enter in the uncertainty uncertainty rather of, of a tackle market, whether it's a draft or um, or free agency. But tight end, to me, is an upgradable position, and it's easy to do so, whether it's, again, in this draft you could spend not that much in free agency and have somebody that's more impactful down to down than than Logan Thomas has been the past couple of years. Again, great dude, but clearly has lost at least you know to the naked eye has lost a step or two. And I don't know how great of a blocker he was. Um, and that's kind of the dirty little secret there that you know Bates is fine there and even solid as an inline blocker. But if Thomas isn't really dynamic and beating linebackers and, and boxing out safeties, and he's not blocking all that great. I'm not really sure what it is you do here, you know, to go office space style on it. They needed an upgrade at that position. I argued before last season, by the way, especially now. Yeah, it was pretty obvious a year ago, and they opted, you know, not to address the spot. So a couple of things then financially here after this move. So Washington, you know, if you look at the big salary cap space number that will be floating around, they're now well north of $90 million. In terms of effective cap space, so that accounts for – basically the rookie class that they've got to sign and the fact that they don't have 51 guys on their roster so that they've got to add another you know x amount of players even if you project that at the minimum or close to it so it's actually more like mid 80s million but they've added another 14 million dollars to like the low end and everyone's numbers go way down if you do it this way to effective cap space which was like 72 million to 75 million depending on where you're looking so they've basically that number's now up into the upper 80s again in terms of how much they could actually spend peter's already told us they weren't going to spend all their money before they freed up this cash but because today they're releasing their fourth charles leno and sixth logan thomas highest paid players we're bordering on comical when you look at their payroll at how little money they've got on the books at this point. That's right. Like, it's pretty hilarious. I mean, McLaurin, Payne, and Allen, who they've locked up, one, two, and three. Then their highest-paid players are Andrew Wiley, 
who is a low-paid right tackle who gave up nine sacks last year. Nick Gates, who got benched as their center last year. I mean, Tress Way is now their eighth-highest-paid player, Yikes. their punter. Yeah, Think and, about that. And we love Tress on this program, but yeah. Tress is dude. the man. He doesn't even make $4 million. Yeah, but come on, what are we doing? It, just, it tells you, again, how barren the cabinet is left over from this previous regime. Right, like where there's, on on one hand, yeah, they haven't left the you know, the next group with too many quote unquote bad contracts. But on the other hand, you'd like to have a base. You'd like to have a couple more Paynes and Allens and 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 guys that are starters that you don't have to worry about upgrading. But they're they've already moved on, as you said, from two of their top six salary cap hits this year. At some point, we need to get into whether or not anything they're doing, which right now seems like common sense, right? But I saw today Track came out and said, hey, here's a guy to look out for as a possible trade candidate, mm-hmm. John Allen. Like, if they were to move John Allen, and who's their highest-paid player, uh, or, or one of them with pay, behind Payne and McLaurin, mm-hmm. and, and now cut these other two guys, like, is there a chance that Peters has already told us we're not going to spend a lot of money, that they just purposefully really reel this thing all the way back in and go into a, a process NFL-like from a 76ers perspective under Josh Harris. But that's something we could talk about in a bit. Let's get to our Beltway Blitz. We'll get things started on the ice. I said at the start of the show today, I think this is the biggest game of the year for the Capitals. I want to see what John Walton, the voice of the Caps, thinks about that. J-Dub, I think that they've got to get four points in their next three and that two in regulation tonight. Kind of is the whole ball game for them moving forward. Where are you at on this home tilt with the Flyers? I completely agree with you on tonight. I would even go a step further that they've got to get six points in the next six, and that includes a game in Pittsburgh on Thursday. They're going to be out of racetrack before the deadline, and the deadline is a week from today, and you've got to be able to show that, hey, listen, this team wants to make a run for the eighth spot, and tonight – To your point, absolutely. Got to have it against the Flyers. Right now, they're the third-place team in the Metro, but they're catchable. Uh, They're not going out and loading up at the deadline. Their general manager has said so. Uh, They're sticking with a long-term plan. So when you've got that team at home in your building, you have the worst team going in the NHL in Arizona here on Sunday. They've lost 14 in a row going into play tonight in Ottawa. And then you've got your rival game and another divisional game that says, Look, they're on the outside looking in, and they're lower than you are. you got to win that one, too. If you win those three games, then in my mind it's game on, going to the deadline. But what they ran out of in Detroit on Tuesday was racetrack. They don't have any runway in front of them. They've got to get wins. They have to get points. And 100%, biggest game of the year, uh, and then you've got to go and get two more and then see what happens once you get a little further into the month of March. That Detroit game stung, John, but you know, second game of a back-to-back as you're traveling away, you know, one's at home, one's in Detroit. That, that's not an easy ask for anybody. I don't want to say I throw that one out, but grain of salt there. Previous five, though, Capitals are scoring damn near five goals a game. It, it feels like maybe, I don't want to say corner turn, but have they found something on that offensive end a little bit? Yeah, I think they have, Danny. And what they've done in the month of February is they had 39 goals in 11 games. I mean, that's three and three-quarters yeah. goals per night, which is way ahead of where they've been over the course of the season. Power play's been good. Uh, the line with Protus and McMichael and Mantha has been good, with the exception of the game in Detroit. I'd say maybe the last two, uh, and a little bit of a change with Ovechkin, Strom, and Wilson together. That won't be the case tonight. As Hendrick Slot-Pierre slots in, they had a really rough go in both of those games, but 
I think beyond that, I mean, they're scoring goals, and they're even getting a little bit of offense to the blue line. So, yeah, I, that's going to help. Uh, the power play going, it's been a while, but, I mean, since January 1st, they're pretty close to the top ten of the league now. So as bad as it was in the first half, it's actually really good right now, and hopefully that extra offense can kind of spur them on here a little bit in these games that they absolutely got to have. John, rest of the Metro, and if you want to look at the playoff picture in the East, you know some of the teams they're vying with, just kind of give us a tale of the tape, if you would, right now. Well, I think the path of least resistance is in your building tonight. Uh, Philadelphia is banged up with injuries. They're not going to have Travis Konechny tonight. They're not going to have Jamie Drysdale in the lineup tonight. And they're in third place, but it's a difference of six points. Caps have a game in hand. Win tonight, it's back to four points and a game in hand. So, that seems to be, and oh, by the way, the last game of the season is Washington at Philadelphia. Oh, so hmm. uh, if for some reason you get there, you got a chance to get there, yeah, in, in the last day of the year. Uh, so there is a definite path there. Detroit looks like a playoff team to me from what we saw the other night. A lot of speed, a lot to contain there. Tampa Bay looks exploitable to me. Uh, we were just down there last Thursday. Uh, Caps won there, won handily uh, in a lot of ways. Really impressed with the way the Caps played that night. I was not very impressed with the defenseman uh, that Tampa Bay has. And as good as their goalie has been, Andre Vasilevsky, over the last few years in winning Stanley Cups and the like, his save percentage is under 90. He's not very good this year. So maybe Tampa Bay, but I think I look toward Philadelphia where, you know, with two meetings left, one of them here tonight, I mean, that's where this means everything tonight. I mean, you get this one and, you know, you start to feel a little bit better about things going into Sunday afternoon. John, I think a little bit under the radar here, Anthony Mantha's turned in a decent little season. I don't know that we're ever going to get that, like, 50-point level that he had a couple years in Detroit, but he's turning in a nice little campaign. He's on, you know, mid-40s point pacer. I've been pretty impressed. Yeah, I mean, I would even say that he's probably Spencer Carberry or one of, the, one of his biggest success stories this year after the last two years right. where – Anthony was nowhere, and to be able to see what he's done this year uh, seems, you know, he's happier, he's getting points. It's not just the goals. He's bringing along the kids, too, with McMichael and Protus, and that's a really nice trio, and they they were that way the first part of the year, and then they were gone for a while, now they're back, and I really like that line, and I think, you know, it's kind of become McMichael's line. You know, I don't know what Mantha's future is here. If this team turns into a seller between now and next Friday, he's going to get a lot of interest given the year that he's had. But I think that's gotten you know a lot of traction for him personally because of the year he's had. I think the head coach deserves a lot of credit. I think Anthony himself deserves the most credit for that. Really, really nice year. Couldn't agree more with him. John, thank you, sir. Have a great call tonight. Call some goals and a win. No pressure. Yeah, we need some of those. Thanks, fellas. Thank you, buddy. Be good. Let's talk some hoops. Hey, this is not a Wizards question for Chase Hughes of Monumental Sports, so I'll apologize in advance. But I'm now obsessed with uh, Victor Wembanyama, like some of his highlights and the games that I've watched now, it's just insane. You saw him in person. Was it one of the craziest things you've ever seen? Um, you know, I saw him in Las Vegas a couple times, but not actually playing because the Wizards were in, like, the auxiliary gym playing at the same time. But I saw him walk by, and it was crazy. It's like seven four seven five, And then I actually showed up to that game late because I did sideline reporter for um, for a few high school games that day. And as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy bleep. <laughs> like when he yeah. was running up and down the court because the way he towered over like Marvin Bagley the third, for instance, who's 6'10", was just absolutely incredible. And then just some of the plays, like the block shots, the 
the way he can shoot from long range, the alley-oops. It's as advertised. It's like nothing we've ever seen before. Did you guys see, Danny, I'll I'll tag you in on this too. Did anyone see, and it was two seven-footers. Like, it's the craziest thing ever. Tim and Holmgren? Yes. Last night. It looked like two-letter eyes going up against each other. (laughs) So much. (laughs) Chet is, like, taking him off the bounce and going between the legs. Looks like a point guard. And Wemby's just shuffling like a Tom Amansky basketball video, like Coach K taught him to do or something. You know, and it's, like, crazy. And then he blocks him right back into Chet's face. It was crazy, Chase, what this kid can do. Honestly, uh, that's one of the most impressive, like, details that I've noticed about him is the way he can just, like, flip his hips and trail a a ball handler driving to the rim. Like, he moves like a guard, and obviously it stands out the way he handles the ball on offense, but defensively, too. Like, he has a chance to be uh, the best defensive player all time. I I really believe that Mm. because this year, as a rookie, he leads the league, like, by far in stocks, like steals plus blocks uh, combined. And he's got a pretty good case for defensive player of the year, although Rudy Gobert is the favorite to win it because the Timberwolves have the number one defense. But no one has been more disruptive in terms of forcing turnovers than Victor Wimbanyama. Just casually dominating for old Randy Duye's fantasy team, too, I might add, uh, Chase. Uh, (laughs) I want to ask you about Denny Avdia. Uh, Overtime loss last night, whatever. But to me, Avdia's doing a little bit of that I, I hate this comp because they're totally different players, different athletes, but a little of that Sean Marion, speaking of box score stuffing, right? It's a little something different every night. The assists here, great rebounding last night with 15 boards, 15 assists. He does a little bit of everything on the court, starting to play some pretty solid basketball here. I know you wrote about his growth a little bit ago, but but quantify this, how far he's come from where he was. Yeah, it was impressive last night because he had come back from a left heel injury and looked great. Um, you know, obviously we've talked about how uh, impactful he's been in transition when he gets moving at 610 with his speed and his ability to handle the ball it's really difficult to stop him and so he's gotten a lot better at getting to the rim finishing around the rim and the three-point shooting I think has just opened up everything for him I was looking at his numbers the other day he's shooting 60 percent from uh, the left corner from three-point range and 40 percent from the other um, and about 40 percent on the season overall so the rebounding has been a big piece. I, I, I like that comp because Sean Marion was obviously a very versatile defender, uh, a very good rebounder, and at his best could also score the ball and shoot from long range. And Sean Marion, by the way, I believe should be a Hall of Famer. I know Drew Gooden said that on the broadcast recently, um, but I, I've been saying that for years. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Chase, always good catching up, buddy. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Absolutely, guys. Have a good weekend. See you, bro. The Commanders announcing... Sorry about that, Chase. Damn. I mean, wow. he, he, he did not like the end of that. You don't get any more like. Wizards discussion then, Chase. Boom. Uh, the Commanders releasing Charles Leno, left tackle, and Logan Thomas, tight end, freeing up nearly uh, $15 million in cap space today as if they needed more of that. Here's what I wanted to get into next before we actually talk about the Ben Standig uh, story in The Athletic about the possibility of trading back, which I wanted to tackle with you. Mm-hmm. Remember when Adam Peters came on our show and said he didn't want to be active in free agency? Or uh, better yet, let me quote him correctly. He didn't want to have a big spending spree in free agency. Are they even going to have a choice? Their punter, who we love, (sighs) is the eighth highest paid player on the team. You know, it's amazing how much flexibility when you have when you lack really good players. Yeah, They're going to have to spend money whether they want to or not. They're going to have to bring in a bevy of new starters. But let's get into that next here on The Fan.
Thanks to Toby for the update. Welcome back to Grant and Danny on the fan. Charles Leno and Logan Thomas cut. Teams made it official this afternoon. Two of the veterans, leaders, more outspoken guys in the locker room for sure. Uh, They are both going to be looking for work now this offseason outside of D.C. Big hit from a leadership standpoint. They're going to restructure the entire locker room, and it's going to look very different. But Terry McLaurin occasionally will speak up. Remember, it was a big deal when he gave a speech after a a big win. I think it was last season or a year before. Uh, John Allen's obviously very vocal. Payne's more of a, you know, just a a good player who goes about his business and lead by example type. But – Logan Thomas and Charles Leno were two of the people who are gathering around their locker to see what they're saying type guys here. Now, this was not a good team. They didn't win a whole lot, so I don't know what that gets you. But work to do, both from a standpoint of adding veterans, where there's so few now in the building. I mean, looking at the highest-paid players on this team, I've been joking that Tressway, the punter, is now eighth on that list. How about Jamin Davis? is now, I think, sixth. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Wild. who's going to make like at $1.5 million against the cap, or maybe a little more than that this year. That was last year's base salary. You know, he's one of the highest paid players on this team now. Like, they just – they have a ton of flexibility, and that's great, and we should celebrate how uh, smart it was by this ownership group to not add a lot of money to the books last year. But it's easy to not have a lot of money committed when you don't have a lot of talent, and this that's is, where they're at. This is the this is the nail we've been trying to hammer down for for you folks here for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's more or less a blank canvas. The top three guys: McLaurin, Payne, Allen. Yes, and one of those guys might be a great trade candidate, as as you know, speculated and floated by a couple. No idea their plans there. I don't know how much more of a step they want to take back, uh, or how much more you know draft capital that might be worth to them. It's worth exploring. TBD on that. But yeah, three guys making north of twenty. Danny. And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. The Sorry. hits keep on coming. We got another one coming in here. Uh, we got to go breaking news again. I mean, this one is a little less foreseen, but tells you just how much business they mean. So let's get to it. Breaking news on the fan again, brought to you by Beat the Streak for tips to win a $5.6 million prize. Listen wherever you get your podcast. The Commanders informed center Nick Gates, who signed a three-year deal with the team last offseason, oh. that they will release him at the start of the new league year in mid-March. Gates is due not even $2 million guaranteed for the coming season. They obviously uh, benched him last year. The Rivera Group signed him to be their starting center. They swung and missed. Nick Gates is now being released, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. So he is the third player to be cut by the team today. They did not announce in their original press release this afternoon uh, his name, but Schefter says this is not happening today. They've told him that at the start of the league year he will be released. So if they cut him with a pre-June 1st designation – that's not that's like next to no savings at all. It's a five million dollar plus dead cap hit. They would save three hundred thirty three thousand dollars on uh, the cap post June first. You split it up a little bit, you get a couple million bucks back. But that's message sent right there. That's a we don't think you can play for us, and we have no interest in you taking up space in our locker room. Wow, that's yeah, a, that, that one surprises is, me, dude. That one's way less, I think, money related to your point because they're not making cash in that transaction, Yeah, that, right? that's a your services are not required. 
which, you know, I, I hate to say it that way. We, we've talked to him. Good dude. I didn't think he was awful. At, it, first of all, he struggled, no doubt about it. But he was playing through some injury. He came back and played later in the year, played a little better. But it didn't work, full stop. So that means they've cut their fourth, sixth, and seventh highest paid players in cap number today. Three of their top seven. That is what is the phrase I'm looking for? House cleaning. <laughs> that is a this dude. This is a new regime. But it's almost like they, Damn. you know, they're acting like you know if they had two million in cap space and they're just freeing up a bunch of money to go spend. Like no, they already had eighty million that they weren't going to spend. They're, they're, Peters they're, came yeah. on our show. He's like, yeah, that's a big number you just cited to me. We're not going to spend all that. But let's just keep freeing up more. Why not? Because this is more about we want guys at that expense level that we want. Not mistakes of the past. We don't want football players in here that we don't think can play for us. That's what this is. Now, it puts extra pressure, right? I was t- I was tweeting with somebody uh, a little bit earlier in, in the program. I met Funny Danny Grant's at Grand H. Paulson. You know, I, I sort of wish they – the point that they were making was, I wish they had a solution here before you make some of these moves – and I can understand that, that reservation, maybe the trepidation that you won't be able to find someone as good. Moving on from these three guys right now tells me, and I, and I wonder what your interpretation is, Jeeps, they don't think very highly of these three at all in terms of their ability to play for this team, not only this year, but in, in, in future years. And it's, I don't mean to beat up on these guys. It's not personal. But their evaluation is, trust us, we'll do better. You know what I mean? Like, this is a, we've got no problem filling these voids that we're creating for ourselves. You move on from Trent Williams in his prime, yeah, you made a void. You made a big damn hole, and it's going to be hard to fill it. This is one of those things where they go, we'll do this now, and we'll be just fine. Yeah, I I think it should be noted, though, that while, yes, I think it's an indictment on what they thought of these three guys helping them this season, two of them are 33, and injuries are a factor, right? Yep. Leno's going to have hip surgery, it sounds like. Uh, Logan Thomas, the last couple of seasons, has been working his way back from a real serious knee injury and then banged up and missed, I don't remember what I said, 17 games over three years, something like that. 15 games over three years. I mean, Nick Gates, I think it's a different story. Like, two of those guys had been proven starters who played at a high level for them. But, yeah, I think that's what you're seeing is they're looking at – they did their evaluation. They looked at the tape. This new staff has been doing their self-scout. Uh, you and I were at the building a couple of – whenever that was, a couple of weeks ago, and we talked to all the assistants. I left there after our show at 6.50 at night. It was dark out. I was leaving the building after packing up all the wires and doing everything I had to do, and I drove through the uh, past the building. On all those windows, you had assistant coaches staring at screens the with game film playing. Yeah, it was it was actually a great picture. I, I tried to take it, but I couldn't really get the light, and a fox actually ran right past me in the parking lot. And I got scared and jumped in my car. That's a true story, by the way. But it was a it was beautiful. If you're a fan, if you care about this stuff, it's the kind of thing I would have loved to have seen as a teenager, someone in my twenties. You know, every every row, it's all dark pretty much everywhere in the building, except you could see that that warm neon glow from inside, right, as the, everybody's clearly watching film. Yeah, and so they, they put their thoughts together, and I think pretty clearly, looking at what guys made and what they were going to pay them, they decided we could do better cheaper. I just, as I said going to break a few minutes ago, I think it sounds good to say we're not going to have a spending spree. And I think that's a good precedent to set if you don't want to be a a team that's built on free agency. You want to be draft first. You want to send that message. You don't want people expecting that you're shopping at the top of the market, what have you. That's great. 
when you cut three of the top seven cap number guys on your roster when you already had the most cap space and we're talking about your punter now moving up I've been saying eighth now your punter is your seventh highest paid player on your team they're, get ready they're going to spend money whether they want to or not they can't not they're going to bring in a slew of starters because they just need to yes. you need 53 guys on the team and some of them are going to have to be pretty good at football. Like that, that's just right. how this is going to happen. You don't have to say it by simply not having the position filled, like a lot of companies do. You know, where they just where they fire someone and don't rehire the position. Like they more you can't morph departments. You know what I mean? Like the running back can't also be the D tackle. Nick Gates, Charles Leno, Logan Thomas, out for the Commanders. They're respectively in Leno's case fourth, Thomas's case sixth. And Gates' case, seventh highest paid players against the cap when the day began. I mentioned, I thought that the Leno decision was very indicative and telling, by the way, on the offensive line and how seriously they were going to take addressing that position. You tell me if I'm wrong, but Gates easily could have just been depth. They wouldn't have had to cut him. He doesn't make a lot of money. You've got nothing but money. He can play guard and center. Tell me if you've heard this before. He's got position flex, okay? He really, really does, okay? But, I mean, these were two of the guys that were primary starters for you, even though he got benched at one point. But I just think this speaks very, very loudly, and I'm excited about it, to them essentially saying that the status quo of how they went about the offensive line is not going to work here that they're going to do things a little bit differently. Yeah, again, I I, I think that's a, a sharp way to look at it. it. To me, it's twofold, right? I know I've already brought this point up before, but doing it now this early, A, you're doing a courtesy to veterans, right? Giving them a chance to you know be early in the process instead of cutting a guy late and making it harder for him to catch on with the team. But you're you're very confident that you can do better. Even though there's great uncertainty in this in this tackle market, for example. There, there's uncertainty probably in, in, in every market that you're going to be a part of. It's a... It's a comfort feeling where we think so little of this group that, that we're moving on from at this stage that even if we don't get our first, second, third, 10th, 15th, 18th choice, we'll be better off without these guys on, either on our payroll in terms of cap savings or in terms of on our roster at all in, in terms of gates. And second fold, I think you're 100% right. It, it does signify that this isn't just we're not doing placeholders. We're not just going to do, well, this guy's okay. They're not shooting for okay, I don't think. Uh, when it comes to that offensive line position, as as now as we've seen a weakness here relatively over the last couple of seasons, uh, despite Rivera taking over a top ten group, depending uh, on your ranking system, and he was trumpeting that to everybody. By the way, who would listen? It's now not very good, and it's a group that needs dramatic improvement. And I think this group sees that. Yeah, a couple of things I would say too about all the money that they have. Number one, with all of the the dead cap, I would put it all into this year. It's going to be more dead cap than they probably ever had in one year. year. You're going to want it when it's build up, when it's build finish line time to be really good. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. rather than spreading it out, I don't care if you have 25 million in dead cap or something when it's all said and done. No harm, no foul if if you're not even using all this space as it is. So I wouldn't like with this Gates thing. I'm not spreading two and a half into next year. Just take on the five plus million in dead money. Also, I would front load contracts. Uh, if Same. I'm going out and yeah. signing someone to a you know, I'm just going to throw it out there, but Bryce Huff, the guy that I hope they sign on the edge, the Jets defensive end who had double-digit sacks this past season, really strong metrics and pass rush win rate the last couple of years. You know, if you were to sign him to a three-year, $57 million deal or something, 
I would give him maybe a bigger than a $19 million cap number this year and have a little bit less money on the books for the next couple of seasons. I, I think, think that's, that's one way yeah. they can get creative and use some of this cap space. Um, the other thing I would do is, you know, someone here uh, tweeted me, uh, Delta on, on X said they can front load deals and re-sign their own players. Well, the front loading deals, as I just said, I love. What players are you looking to re-sign really? You know, I mean, McLaurin's got his deal. Payne's got his deal. Allen, we'll see if he's back, has his deal. Cam Curl is hitting the market. So I guess if he doesn't have the the interest that he expects, they could re-sign him, or we could find out that they beat the, the market and, you know, his agent's been making calls or talking at the combine, and he wasn't going to get as much as he thought so he can come back. But I think Cam Curl's going to free agency. That's my expectation there. Who else? Like, they can uh, sign their own guys. What other guys do they want to re-sign? So I'll, I'll throw it out there. And my answer, by the way, is not yes to, to these guys, but just, just thinking out loud here as, as we go. Curtis Samuel, Kendall no. Fuller. Well, but I'm not talking about free agents. Sorry. I, I, I took what he said to mean, like, lock up your own guys oh, with I see. extension. I see. I see. And my point is the next wave of players are not guys that have warranted, like Jamin Davis, mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson is still not even able to get there. They could, if they wanted to give Cosme a big contract right now, in fact, that would make a lot of sense. That would be one guy. But, like, otherwise, St. Juiced and Forrest and, uh, you know, no, uh, I, I don't see it. Maybe he means their own free agents, to your point, and they could keep Kendall Fuller or something. I guess that's possible. Right. That's that, – I may have I may have missed no, – not translating that right, but just I was trying to, trying to imagine, okay, I'm saving this because I know certain guys are coming up for extension. Respectfully, there aren't many. You know, and that's Cosme's kind of, the one guy on this yeah. team that I would say right now I'd love to do a good extension. And with. that's kind of what you and I are hammering. It's what we're talking about here, where we're going. The, the that's that's almost one way to kind of judge a talent level in the organization, where you go, well, you got to extend that guy. You can't let that dude walk away. How, how many how many of those are there? Fascinating, but what a day. Uh, Commanders, we just found out, cutting Nick Gates. So add him to the list that is growing. Charles Leno, Logan Thomas, the team has already confirmed, have been informed today that they are being cut. All right, the Athletics suggested you know, maybe trading back and not taking a quarterback at two makes more sense than people think. Uh, Want to get into that. Also, what an indictment today has been on the Rivera roster build. You know, some of his recent acquisitions uh, being moved on from by this regime. We'll get into that as we continue on the fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. Welcome back. Thank you for making the show part of your day. So a couple of things. I want to get into this athletic piece about the commanders trading back. We'll do that in a minute. Before we even do that, though, Danny, I saw an NFL Network graphic two nights ago. I don't know if you talked about this. They had a value chart that they used to determine what it would take for each team to trade up to number one. Did you see what they suggested Washington would have to give up to move up? It was oh, – oh, for Washington to move up? No, I didn't see that, actually. Okay, so this is from 2-1. to one to go to get Caleb Williams, presumably. They would give up the number two pick, the number 36 pick, so their first, second round pick, the number 67 pick, which is their primary third round selection, a fifth round pick, and then next year's one. So 
two and 36, two of their top three picks. Now, obviously, you would still be picking at one. So you would <clears throat> essentially have flip-flopped first and second. You'd given up your second-round pick. You'd still have one left. Your third-round pick, your fifth-round pick, and a first-rounder next year. I feel like, if nothing else, today's been very instructive in illuminating how many holes they have. As we've talked about, mm -hmm. no left tackle, Charles Leno cut. No tight end one, Logan Thomas cut. Uh, you lost depth on the interior at center and guard, Nick Gates cut. Uh, none of this is particularly surprising. I guess the Gates one we didn't really see coming, but didn't play all that well last season. But my point is they need so much that to give up compensation and picks, like I have zero interest in this. Part of that might be, as I said, my own concerns and nerves about some of how Caleb Williams' pre-draft process is going. But when you hear that, second rounder, third rounder, fifth rounder, all this spring, and a number one next year, how do you feel? I feel that the only way that that would make sense to me is if I think Caleb Williams is so much better than everybody else this year, next year, and maybe, honestly, the year after, that I just can't wait. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's, there's, now it's always hard to prognosticate a year or two from now because guys, you know, go from off the radar to very much on. Think of the rise of someone like Joe Burrow, for example, who went from, yeah, this guy's pretty good, or he might have a good year, to, yep, as can't miss as they come, right? So I'd have to, I'd have to think there is no way that I'll be able to do better at any point in time. And this, the gap is so large that it's not worth it. And I do don't you feel think that, way. that? I don't. No. I like Caleb Williams the most. I would take him number one, but. And if he falls to number two, I take him number two. But no, that to me is 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 past what I would do. That's I think that's a practicing. good point because, like, I would do that for how I felt about Joe Burrow. I would have done that maybe even, you know, for Trevor Lawrence. Um, there are guys, Andrew Luck over the years maybe. I just don't put Caleb Williams in the gap in this draft there. But I saw that and I just wanted to get that out of the way. I, I am adamantly against trading up. You Would you go that far or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the, the deal that I would offer would get laughed out of the room. <laughs> so <clears throat> then the question becomes trading back. And Standig wrote about this in The Athletic today, and there were some interesting points that he made. Most notably, he said that 17 quarterbacks have been selected in the top five since 2014. Think about this. So this is nine drafts, I guess-ish. 17 quarterbacks in the top five. He says only Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud, based on one season, have met expectations with their original teams. So before we argue any of that, that's pretty fascinating, isn't mm -hmm. it? It is. Here we are talking about how great Caleb Williams will be, and I, I love Drake May, and I like Jaden Daniels. You love Jaden Daniels. You like Drake May, whatever. 17 QBs in the top five since 2014. Two, Burrow in one year of Stroud, have met or exceeded expectations. He points out Trevor Lawrence, who's played well, Tua, who's played well, Kyler Murray, who's been effective, high-end levels at times. But right now, this moment, have they lived up to the hype, the expectation? Like, Tua led the NFL in passing yards last year. I think he's mostly Mike McDaniels and wide receiver created, right? But point is, you could add another three to the list if you're looking for just, like, top half the league quarterback play. And then it's Burrow, Stroud, Lawrence, Tua, Murray. In the top five out of 17 guys, you're talking about a third. Still pretty alarming, right? 
that's one way to look at it. That's it is. It's one way to look at it. My point is there just aren't that many quarterbacks. Like in other yeah. words, there there are thirty two of these gigs. Uh, several, most of them are taken by guys that are starting year over year over year. So for every Prescott and Cousins and you know becoming one of these dudes that's part of the furniture is really rare. So like that shooting percentage seems low and might be alarming to people, and they'll just go see. Draft him in the eleventh round. Do an undrafted rookie free agent, or find your Brock Purdy. Well, okay, maybe, but there, there. It's such a precious, rare thing that I, I don't look at it as 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 alarming as much as maybe somebody should. But or as much, maybe well, as some people might. But that's so. Just me. Forgive my diction, but maybe the point is, like, while we think these guys are awesome, and one of them is going to be exceptional. Well, there it Two is. of them are going to be pretty good. It's the fallacy, right? I mean, Maybe the, not. Yeah, the, the Zach Wilson year, people are going, dude, right. nope. You one know? of the biggest holes in my eval game, by the way, still ruining the batting average. I didn't mean to bring that up as like a, as a source. Fiona. Spot. Fiona was no. pissed off, too. Zach Wilson, Fiona. Zach Wilson. She she is not happy about my eval on that. like Zach I Wilson. had such a good batting average until Zach Wilson. But the point of the dude's story is, Jared Goff's not a part of that either. You know, you could say now with Ben Johnson with Detroit where they are, he could be a sixth guy who's played at a really high level, right? But I want to dig deeper into the possibility of a trade back, looking at last year's group, how it's worked out, and what they could get. Because I've seen one rumor floated for what the Falcons might give up to go up to two and the ability, if you're Washington, to reset everything and still maybe get a quarterback in the top ten. So let's dive into that possibility. Is it something they should even be considering, or should Adam Peters field those phone calls, ask for the world, and then just take his franchise QB at number two? We'll get into that next on Grant and Danny. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.